0: Welcome to another episode of the Luke Humphrey Running Podcast. I'm your host Luke Humphrey and our mission is to help you maximize your training through a blend of science and practicability. So let's get going. All right, welcome back. This is Luke Humphrey and today we are going to talk about early season paces. So how many times have you set a time goal, thought it through looked at it like man that's a little scary but I I think I can do that you know everything points that I can do that you know but it's still man, a little scary to look at so uh, I have definitely been there and I'm sure many of you have as well now how about when you started the training plan take a look at that first workout on your on your schedule and that new race pace is staring back at you hands are shaking knees are getting weak sweats building up and you think, oh crap, that is fast, right? So I've been there as well, <laughs> and it's not a it's not a pleasant feeling. But we can get through it, and ultimately, that's how breakthroughs are made, right? You got to test the waters a little bit, but uh, there's a few situations where this is this might uh, um, be the case. So first one, maybe we are looking at uh, hitting that big run big home run goal say a boston qualifier say i don't know 15 minutes faster than your than your personal best you know something that uh you know especially if you've been doing marathons for a while and you say you've been stuck on you know 330s and you know you need a 315 to qualify that's a pretty big jump right so um that's going to be uh that's going to be a test for sure uh the second one maybe we haven't run a marathon in a long time if if ever and, but since we've done some relatively fast, shorter races, the, all the charts say that we're capable of something much faster than uh, than we had in mind. And, and so, you know, we're going with what the what the numbers are telling us, right? And then the and then the last one here is the the opposite, right? So you're you're the habitual marathoner, but you recognize that you need to work on that uh, get down speed. So I'll give bonus points to any uh oh. anybody who can name the reference that that book is come the book that uh, reference is coming from and uh so think about that think about all your uh old school running books and uh so anyway the time at 5k time just looks pretty darn fast right it might as well look like it's a a world record attempt so there's there's a lot of reasons why but the bottom line is that the uh, that the, the paces are, might be a big jump right and re- regardless of the situation and uh, when looking at speed maybe you have an intro workout of 12 by 400 meters at goal pace you know and uh, that goal pace feels more like mile pace so um, that hard but doable workout in theory has now um, really become the impossible so if that 5k goal, goal I'm sorry if that 5k goal pace is approaching say, what your current 3k plus pace is, then we are taking it from a place of being below our VO2 max to a place where it's right at or above our VO2 max. So this definitely completely changes the scope of the workout. Plus it makes it really tough on you and it probably won't end the way you want it to. Uh, When you look at marathon paces, let's say you're looking at your first marathon tempo of four miles but your first half marathon wasn't too far off of that goal pace, so yikes. So the same thing applies here. Early on, we might be making a lighter marathon pace workout into a lactate threshold type of workout, and we're completely defeating the purpose of that. And if you're in a marathon segment and doing this, then uh, it can spell disaster later on. But in reality, it could spell disaster for either, either situation you're in, right? So um, being in a position where the early season workouts are way faster than they need to be, isn't going to allow the adaptations to occur that we really want right so um so for marathoners why would this be the case if you're if you're following the hansen's marathon method plan then you are you're looking at 18 weeks of running and that's a long time so that's buffered a bit in the beginner plan because you have the easy weeks in the beginning in the advanced plan you're getting right down to business you know you right away you're you're doing workouts but regardless, you have several weeks of buildup of speed in marathon pace workouts before switching to the marathon-specific workout over the last few weeks. So if we were, t- if we were taking the first few weeks of speed that's supposed to be on the slower end of the range, and then it might actually be closer to lactate threshold pace for some people, then, and then a marathon pace that would be more likely uh, a hard, easy run, and switch those to above LT, Uh, then we, we set ourselves up to be burnt out by 10 to 12 weeks of training. And how many people have done that and gotten to six, eight weeks out from the race. And you're just like, you're just bombed, right? Like you can't, it's, it's way harder than it should be. You're really dragging and to be fair, marathon training itself is hard, but you're way beyond that point. Right. And so, um, if you were in a situation where you were really going for a big time and you made those workouts harder than, than um, they need to, and not even you need, you just followed, you really just followed the case which says goal marathon pace, you know, you really set yourself up to be maybe too aggressive. And so, so this works in this case, but it also works if you're somebody who um, hammers right away and digs that hole a little deeper than it needs to be dug early on and you set yourself up to be paying the price for it later on but for today let's just talk about you know this wasn't really your fault you just followed what the plan says right and and you know it says goal time so you're running your goal paces and you're doing it but physiologically it might just be too aggressive uh early on but getting back to what we were talking about if you're training for a 5k or a 10k then you might not have an 18-week schedule but say 14 weeks it's still a long time especially as you're doing more and more intense work, right? As far as on the physiological scale, you're getting closer and closer to VO2 max and even above on a lot of that stuff. So um, with half marathon and marathon training, we might be able to get away with it for a while because, uh, but as the intensities get faster and faster, the potential damage gets higher and higher, right? And so things like DOMS, delayed onset of muscle soreness, they're gonna occur more regularly. Overall muscle damage is gonna be higher. And ultimately we dig that hole a little deeper than we can fill back in with the recovery time that we work out, right? So over the course of several weeks, whether it's a, you know, we either hit a breaking point or we just get burnout at at performance level, right? So either way, and it might even be a combination of those things, performance is gonna suffer. Um, It's gonna take a nosedive. And even if we do survive, We haven't particularly done anything to make ourselves confident. We end up hanging on rather than building up. And so, actually, in the the show notes, I've linked to another post. um, It's a little bit about this. This focuses more on whether I should do my equivalent speed work, my speed work in the beginning at my equivalent pace, or what I've actually done for speed work. So, check that out. It's linked into the blog post or show notes. Um, So, moving on, whatever the situation we're in, the question remains the same. How do we bridge the gap between where we're at and where we want to be? Just diving in may work, but it is, is it the most reasonable situation? So to me, the chances of failure are a lot higher with this approach. So as a coach, I approach in three different ways. First way is I make sure my athletes aren't just doing the type of training all the time. So they're not just doing marathon, 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 or they're not just doing 5Ks, all year round I try to switch it up. Uh, There's a number of ways number of ways to time this. So one one way is during a time that doesn't make sense to train for that primary event. So if you're primarily a marathoner, say you're in Florida, you may benefit from doing a speed segment during you may benefit from doing a speed segment during the summer months when training for a marathon would be absolutely miserable. Then you could switch gears in September and run a marathon in say december or january and there's so many marathons now throughout the course of the year well non-pandemic years anyway uh when we, the weather is much more favorable them. so starting in december you have races like you have cal and then houston and dallas and you have a ton of races down south in the fall or i'm sorry in the, win- in the late fall early winter um and i would say even for michigan like where I'm at, you know, our December's are pretty pretty good. You you can usually get through December okay, and then January and February are usually the two worst months in Michigan with snow and cold. And then March is usually hit or miss. So you you could definitely time it. So like, you know, when we people start training for marathons in the summer, um, you know, they, they go through. It's warm, right? It's warm. It's hot, and like there's there's some benefit to it as well because the uh, the benefits you get from the heat and the humidity are gonna serve you really well, but um, it can also be pretty hard on you too, right? So there's opportunities to, to time those around kind of the calendar as well. The second thing I would say is just adjust overall paces. So by by this I mean each workout for, is each workout for a certain goal will be kept the same. So if your 5K pace is seven minutes per mile, and you're looking to say to get down to 640 per mile, What I might do is take a week or so at the current seven-minute pace, then the next couple weeks cut it down to 6.50 pace for a few weeks, and then close the segment out, say three to four weeks, at the goal pace of 6.40. So this gives the body time to adapt to the new levels, and we're not digging that hole so deep that we can't get out of it. And you're ultimately going to allow, basically you're going to allow yourself time to gradually improve that, uh, that new pace and feel better at that new pace. So... This way, just, just to be clear, this way is each workout is at that current pace, and then we do that for a couple weeks, and then the next few weeks we go take a step towards that goal pace, and then the last few weeks we do another step and be at that goal pace for a few weeks. So, uh, But each workout is the same pace, right? So um, say going back to that seven-minute pace, if you're doing a speed workout at seven-minute pace, the whole workout's at seven-minute pace. And then in a few weeks that goes down to 650 pace, and then a few weeks after that it goes down to 640 pace, because that'll make sense here in a second third thing i would say is cut down paces during the workout so flipping it let's assume your current marathon pace is 8 minutes per mile and you want to get to the 730 pace per mile you have a 4 mile goal pace goal you have a 4 mile tempo at the goal pace and at the beginning of your segment that might be faster than what your lt is so again changing completely the dynamics of the workout intentions so what i might do is say first mile 8 minutes Then go to the next mile at 750, then next mile 740, and try to close at 730 if you can. Then over the course of the next several weeks, increase the amount of time in the range of goal pace to goal pace plus 10 seconds. So in this case, if our goal pace is 730, we spend more time between 730 and 740 pace, and then we just keep increasing that time in there over the course of several weeks, and then you get down to um, hopefully that goal pace, And and you don't necessarily you feel the same way. You do with that. You do with the new pace that you did several weeks before cutting it down, right? So again, you're going to make this a little bit tougher on yourself, and maybe you maybe bounce back and forth between number two and number three, um, and just kind of work it that way. There's definitely ways you can do it. You do make the scope of this workout a little bit harder, but it does it. It's gradually increasing the intensity and not just you know jumping off off the diving board right into the deep end right so um you kind of you kind of easing into it a little bit and i like i like a combination i like two three or a combination of stuff and, and that doesn't have to be the same every week um it can be something different too and it's a good way to just kind of kind of shake some things up too but um you know it's a good way to to make that transition over into that new goal pace and then fourth uh reduce repeat distances for the few weeks and make tempos repeat so this is more for like marathon workouts so for workouts like uh, speed at a new goal pace i guess we can do it for both i guess we should probably read the head right you could read you could keep repeats uh 200 meters to 600 meters at the new goal paces and just keep the recovery a little longer Um, if you're doing a marathon pace tempo um, say a four miler i often times will just make it eight by eight hundred meters or four by one miles at goal pace with with short recoveries. So mind you, I don't believe, I, I don't believe the physiological adaptations are the same, but in this case, that's not really the point because we're ultimately gonna spend a lot of weeks at that goal pace. So we're not necessarily worried about having enough time to get that goal pace and be adapted to it. This is more about building the confidence into that new pace and being able to tolerate it a little better. It's kind of, we're kind of tricking our mind that we can, run that pace but it doesn't feel as all out as if we were doing full force workouts right so we're keeping those repeats down a little bit shorter a little bit longer recoveries and so you might not get you know exactly what you wanted to out of the workout from a physiological standpoint mentally i think it's a lot easier to make that transition into doing the bigger workouts you know four or six weeks down the road so to wrap up though you know i love setting big goals but big goals without a plan, that's not any good because a big goal and then just going after it, to me, it just really, you really increase your chances for failure and not success. And so hopefully, out of these four strategies, can help really bridge that gap in the early stages. And that's really where the, the biggest mistakes come, is just that's those, that I would say that first four to eight weeks of, um, early season where it's not supposed to be super intense but if we're way running way faster than what we're kind of ready for that's going to set the tone for the rest of the segment so you've already increased your level of tiredness and so that by the time you get to the point where you're supposed to be tired you're overcooked right and a lot of times that's four to six weeks out from the race and then and then you just barely make it to the race if at all so that to me that's if you can follow you know one of these strategies or a combination of these strategies Uh, you can really set yourself up much better and then really kind of help to me to me it makes it a lot more plausible of being able to handle that bigger workload later on and then if you can do that then your confidence is high your fitness is high you're setting yourself up a lot better to be able to hit that big goal and uh, um, you know because a lot of times that's what it comes down to is just you know, not having that confidence. And there is a huge, huge difference between building up into that pace. You always want to be on an upswing going into a race rather than really hitting the workouts but hanging on to hit the workouts, right? You don't want to get through a workout and just be like, that was it, and, and you're like that two or three times a week. That's not a good way to be expecting that to be um, – a big performance boost on race day. But if you can be, you know, start out at a lower level and be building up throughout the course of the segment, that's usually where you see big breakthroughs come through. So, um, so hopefully that helps you. Uh, I think those are, those are four things I use with my athletes. Like I said, those are, um, one of four strategies, but usually it's a combination of different strategies, but, uh, those are the main things I use. So, uh, if you like, try those out with, uh, with your own, if you're using the book schedules from the book. Uh, if not, be sure to check out our plans, um, um You can go to coaching options and go with select plans, and we have probably over 200 different training plans that you can download right into Final Surge. Um, set up your paces, um, and you can even adjust those paces by yourself in the in the structured workouts. Um, sync them to your Garmin, have your workouts right in your watch and uh, takes all the guesswork out of it for you so uh, check those out if you want and uh, I also have that that other blog post linked in the show notes so uh, like I said hopefully that helps you and uh, I will talk to you guys later all right see ya thanks for listening to the Luke Humphrey running podcast with your host Luke Humphrey if you like our show and want to learn more Please visit us at www.LukeComfreyRunning.com for blogs, podcasts, coaching, and training options. See you next time.